sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Welcome back to the Pro-Life America podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Waits. This is our first full episode without Mark, and I am joined by Mark's daughter, Sheila. Hello, Sheila. Hi, everyone. Hi, Sarah. Hello. As my dad would say, you're lurking nearby. So. <laughs> yeah, we're lurking nearby. Mm-hmm. This week, we thought we would do an episode on drugs. Yes. What did you want to call this episode? <laughs> I wanted to call it Let's Get Chemical. We'll see what happens when it comes to the naming phase. Yeah. Uh, she started singing, so we won't torture yes, y'all with I that. I will save you the torture of that. Mm-hmm. But before we get to the drugs, we have one thing to cover. Mm-hmm. It's about pilots who fly these small planes to fly abortion-seeking clients to other states. And one of the big states that they're taking these women to is Kansas. That's just one of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're connected to an Illinois group called Elevated Access, who recruits these people to fly women out. And they've had more than 200 pilots who've been vetted, and more than 1,000 have expressed interest. Honestly, I don't know if I believe all those numbers because I don't believe a whole bunch of like individual people who have their pilot's license are all of a sudden bombarding this group with, I want to help, I want to volunteer. You know, you just never know. As me and Mark covered on this show several times and he covered on Life Talk a while back, there's a group called Women on Waves Mm -hmm. and it's a small fishing boat basically Mm -hmm. that's been converted to a mobile abortion clinic that Mm -hmm. floats the high seas right and so they get out in international waters just outside of a country and they will ferry women to and fro so i would not be surprised if there are a group of pilots more than 10 people who are doing this well i mean i believe there is a handful of them but to the number that they say are pilots or who are wanting to do this i just don't believe that oh yeah absolutely there was an interesting point in this article though in the article it says the flight spare people seeking stigmatized medical care from the cost delays and security checkpoints that go along with traditional travel It goes on later in the article to say elevated access works with partner groups like abortion funds to coordinate flights, usually after other options are exhausted. If a patient isn't old enough to rent a car or if their commercial flight was canceled. I want to focus Mm -hmm. on the age aspect for a second here. According to reliable studies, girls 15 and younger who become pregnant, 60 to 80 percent of them are impregnated by adult men. More studies have found that as the age of the victim goes down, the age of the predator goes up. We have to recognize that there is potentials here because they don't even ask for real names. They just ask Mm -hmm. for a first name and wait. That there are people who could be taking minor girls to other states Mm -hmm. in order to get them abortions to conceal it from the authorities, from their families. They could basically be helping in Mm -hmm. sex trafficking, you know? Yeah. They don't know who these girls are or whether or not they are being sexually abused because they're a minor or what the story is. All they're doing is flying them in order to circumnavigate different states' laws on abortion. And I think these pilots, however well-intentioned they may think they are, are naive if they don't think that at some point they are going to be flying a minor girl who is being 
sexually abused by an older man. Mm-hmm. This is just part of the landscape now after Roe versus Wade being turned. It's becoming a patchwork landscape across America yeah. where, you know, females can go to other states to have their baby killed. And this is just another part of that. Yeah, this is a reality. Mm -hmm. But there is some good news. While some states are, you know, trying to push abortion, there are some that are trying to stop it. Wyoming is one of those ones, and it's been the first state to ban the abortion pill. And on the other hand, Mm -hmm. my favorite state, (laughs) California, is introducing a bill that would protect California healthcare providers who would mail abortion pills to patients in other states mm-hmm. where chemical abortions may be illegal. Mm-hmm. It also allows the healthcare providers to bring a lawsuit against anyone who interferes with that healthcare provider's right to, quote, provide care that is legal in California. So mm-hmm. not only does it just insulate them, but it mm-hmm. allows them to go after people in mm-hmm. other states who are enforcing their own state's laws. Right. And I mean, this is the same state that for, say, like, gun control and stuff, they don't want people importing guns into their state, yet mm-hmm. they're okay with breaking other states' laws by selling abortion pills to the people in those states where it's illegal. Well, this just confirms what I wrote in an article for the Pro-Life Voice. California is trying to become an abortion haven. Mm -hmm. I think they're basing their economy on this. I think they think this is their bailout to their massive tax debt. Mm -hmm. And they have gone into it full swing. This is just one of many, many legislations that they've passed with, I might add, the whisperings of the abortion industry in the politician's ear. There's actually an advisory council for abortion laws that's been established with Planned Parenthood Mm -hmm. and National Abortion Federation. Let me ask people, if there was a tobacco legislation advisory board that had all of the major tobacco companies on there, would anybody be giving them any credence? The big question is, are state governors and state DAs that want to outlaw abortion, are they going to start trying to sue California for circumventing their own state's laws? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That'll be interesting. I mean, they better because this is breaking state's laws. And also, is the federal government going to step in and say, hey, you can't do that? But of course, the Biden administration mm-hmm. is 100% abortion. So they're probably not going to do anything. No, probably not. But all of this is happening as a federal judge in Texas is poised to rule mm-hmm. on whether or not they are going to suspend the FDA's approval of Mifeprostone. Mm-hmm. This case, if you have not heard about it, is based on the grounds that the FDA didn't properly authorize the pill in 2000 when they gave the mm-hmm. original approval. At the time, they used subpart H, which allowed the expedited approval of drugs that treated, quote, serious or life-threatening illnesses. Now, the people who are challenging this are saying that pregnancy is not a life-threatening illness. Mm -hmm. Which is a good ground to stand on. Mm -hmm. But there's an interesting thing that's happening with this. Susan Lee, partner at Goodwin, and specializes in FDA regulation of drugs and biologics. She's an attorney there. She says there's no precedent or basis for the judge to simply undo an approval from the bench. A judge's appropriate role can be to consider whether the FDA appropriately exercises its legal authorities and follows its own regulations when making decisions. But it would be concerning if the judge were to come to a decision suggesting that his ruling can supersede the authorities that have been granted to the FDA by law. Meanwhile, 
There is another lawsuit that's being brought by Democrat attorneys challenging the FDA's restrictions on mm-hmm. mifeprostone in order to make it more easily acceptable. So I guess they get to cherry pick which side can supersede mm-hmm. the FDA and their authority. Well, and of course, and I want to remind everyone that the FDA, along with the CDC, they are not law-making bodies. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to provide regulations and stuff for drugs, Mm -hmm. but that is different than actually making federal laws. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this all Mm -hmm. shakes out one or the other. And of course, the abortion lobby and abortion advocates are all up in arms over this Mm -hmm. FDA lawsuit. And also, they keep on pointing out that this is a pro-Trump. Trump-appointed judge, Uh yeah. Exactly. And so, of course, they're like, you know, this is the end. It won't go our way because Trump-appointed and... But then, like you said, on the other hand, when the Democrats... When they want to challenge yeah. the FDA on something, mm-hmm. it's no big deal. But when the conservative mm-hmm. side does, it's it's an outrage. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, say the judge does actually come out and say, okay, the FDA can't do this. Mm-hmm. Will the FDA actually follow it? Or will they go to the Supreme Court? Or they could just completely ignore it, like the Biden administration has done with other laws. They, mm-hmm. They're just doing what they want. Yeah. Speaking about drugs... <laughs> this is our last topic with drugs. <laughs> I don't know, Sheila, if you have noticed, but there has been a lot of people coming out talking about anti-birth control. And it's on both mm-hmm. sides. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of young women coming out and saying, I was on birth control. This is what it did to me. You know, mm-hmm. it was awful. And so you have a lot of people who are really trying to urge people to consider not mm-hmm. being on hormonal birth control. Meanwhile, you have big pharma who keeps on trying to push out more and more birth control mm-hmm. and even new forms as well. Well, there's a new study that came out in PLOS Medicine that found that most forms of hormonal birth control, regardless of the hormones that they use, which can be estrogen and progestin or just progestin alone, But hormonal birth control seemed to result in an increased risk of breast cancer of about 20 to 30 percent while women were on it. All this is stuff that we've been talking about for a while. We've had on this podcast Angela Lanfranchi, who studies breast cancer. So this is something that we've been talking about for a while. But this has also been confirmed by a 1996 study that showed a combination pill containing both estrogen and progesterone, which at the time was the most common birth Mm -hmm. control that there was, led to about a 25% increased risk of breast cancer while women were on the pill compared to those who had not taken the pill. Mm -hmm. That study found that the risk diminished the longer we were off the contraceptive and entirely faded away after about 10 years. So this is confirming what has already been found with other birth control Mm -hmm. methods and what a lot of you know pro-lifers have said or have been trying to say yet the abortion lobby is just saying oh this is politically driven there's no scientific evidence to back this up don't listen to those crazy kooks well it's interesting you mentioned that because in these articles that i was reading about this study They were talking about this risk that's there, but then they were quick to say, oh, it's a small amount, and oh, birth control Mm -hmm. can do this and has these positive side effects, as if trying to put a happy face Mm -hmm. on this deal. Well, in in this Oxford study, they said, even though this is happening, it should be taken in context with overall benefits. Mm -hmm. So basically, they said, oh, yeah, this is happening, but... But forget about that. Look at over here. Yeah, you have to look at the overall benefits of it. 
One thing that they also minimized in these deals, in my opinion, was age of women. So it says in this article, researchers estimate that the absolute excess risk of developing breast cancer over a 15-year period in women with five years use of oral contraceptives ranged from 8 and 100,000 for women between the ages of 16 to 20 mm-hmm. to 265 and 100,000 from the age of 35 to 39. Mm-hmm. That's a huge increase. And the fact of the matter is more and more women are using hormonal contraceptives, even at starting at younger ages. I mean, Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry has been pushing birth control for younger and younger. It goes along with their sex education programs. Mm -hmm. And so you're getting these females on these chemicals and hormones early on, and they continue to take it for longer periods of time. And so in the future, you're going to see even more detrimental effects because of it. Well, that's interesting. There's something else that I saw in this deal. These articles that I was reading about this said that there are some limitations to the study, and I will put the links in there so you can go look at the study and go look at these articles and decide for yourself. But if all these different birth controls have different hormones that they use, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. And it says... Carolyn Westhoff, an obstetrician and contraceptives researcher at Columbia, said their dose and biological effects are quite different. That's what's fascinating. They're also different, but end up with the same relative risk. So it's like, why? Mm-hmm. In none of these articles do they ever pose the question of could abortion come into this? Are a greater number of this pool of women who are developing breast cancer, are they women who have had abortions? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you they didn't ask for it because they don't want to know. Mm-hmm. They and, don't want to see the if there's a connection. In Lyme 5, there's a chapter in Lyme 5 dedicated to the connection between breast cancer and abortion, specifically mm-hmm. abortions of the first pregnancies. Right. And in that chapter, there's a whole bunch of studies that have shown that there is a connection between abortion and breast cancer. Mm -hmm. But the pro-choice side, they Mm -hmm. don't want to talk about it. They don't care. Right. My dad uh, would always, you know, call out Susan G. Komen. They promote abortion. And they even give their money that's supposed to go to cancer research to abortion organizations. It's been proven in the past. Well, so my dad would always go on about Susan G. Komen because they're over here saying, oh, we want to save women's lives, yet they're promoting the very thing that hurts women, mm -hmm. abortions. Yeah. Susan G. Komen would say, well, we give money to Planned Parenthood because of, you know, mammograms, which Planned Parenthood Mm -hmm. doesn't do mammograms. They do the manual breast exam. Mm Mm-hmm. And they refer. They refer. Mm -hmm. A referral is one doctor calling another one. Mm -hmm. How expensive do you think that phone call is? Yeah, exactly. But that's why wouldn't you just give that money to some place that actually does the mammograms? But but that's just part of the Planned Parenthood lie of abortion is only 3% of what we do. Yeah. So anyway, I thought this was an interesting article to end off with because Mm -hmm. I know that even among the pro-life side, there's mixed views and opinions mm-hmm. on, on birth control. Right. I do want to point one more thing out. People say that birth control is an abortion. It has the potential to be. Yes. I think that's a big word there, potential. Some birth control can cause abortions. Mm-hmm. So if you're a pro-life person, you have to ask yourself, if I get pregnant, do I want to take that risk of it killing my baby? Yeah, because some birth controls can work after mm-hmm. fertilization and implantation. Mm-hmm. Some of them just work after fertilization. Some right. of them work after implantation. Right. And both of those are abortions. And yeah. so if you're a pro-lifer 
and you're on birth control, you have to ask yourself, is that a risk I'm willing to take? So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think overall this was a good episode. Mm-hmm. One thing that we want to do going on from here on out is we're going to introduce a new segment and it's probably going to be at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. probably in conjunction of whatever our show's theme is for the week. Mm-hmm. Our new segment to keep Mark a part of this podcast mm-hmm. is something that we're going to call From the Mouth of Mark. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to take a snippet of one of his notes that he wrote or some one of his writings or something mm-hmm. from his book. And we're just going to drop a Markism. The first one that we're doing is from a blog post mm-hmm. that he wrote. He said, one would have to be either stupid or naive to believe that America's abortion profiteers care about the welfare of their customers. As is always the case with these people, the bottom line is the bottom line, i.e. It's all about the Benjamins. Yeah, it's all about the money. So if you think that they care about women, well... You're wrong. All they care about is the profits. So. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why the pro-choice side will never talk about the effect of birth control and abortion on breast cancer. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk about it openly, and honestly, because they mm-hmm. know that that's going to affect their business. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They don't care about women at all. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Mm-hmm. We want to know what you think of the podcast and the direction that we're taking. If there's any topics that you want us to cover, you can leave all that feedback on lifedynamics.com forward slash podcast. Mm-hmm. At the bottom of the page there, there's a form. It goes straight to my inbox. Anyway, just let us know what you think about the show. We appreciate everyone's kind words and thoughts and we'll continue on yeah we're Mm -hmm. gonna continue on but mark is not forgotten or far from our minds so with that in mind Mm -hmm. uh, life dynamics is not here to put up a good fight we're We're here here to to win win because winning is how the killing stops Mm -hmm. we'll see you guys next week thank you